The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. And we're going to Wembley. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go, boys and girls. Uh, I think no, nobody cared about this competition. Nobody cared about it. Now. Uh, Where were you at Donnyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. We are on our way to Wembley in just over, just over four, just under four weeks' time. We'll be going down to London on Sunday afternoon after storming past Hartlepool. <laughs> we storm past him. Um, we'll cover that game. We will cover. We'll look ahead as well. Back back to the grind on Saturday with uh, with Wickham, and that will be a grind. We will cover all that. We have myself. We have Mick. Hello, Mick. Hello. And we have Danny still feeling it from uh, from last night. Yep, uh, I don't know what's more so, my shoulder or my head. I'm going to shoulder. C- celebrating, my shoulder's gone. Ah. <laughs> You're taking sympathy with Jamie Lindsay and just at your shoulder. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> as far as to have an injection though. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was not plain sailing, um, but we got there in the end, and that's literally all that matters. It sort of summed up our campaign in the Papa John's Trophy this season, our knockout phase of any anyway. It's been tough, but we got got there in the end. Um, where to start? Honestly, where to start with it? Um, start with the lineup, Mick. There was several changes. Obviously, Victor came in because this is Victor's competition. Woody came in. Reg came in. Angus started. Two two started on the right. Bowler started on the left. Midfield three of Jimmy Lindsay, Dan Barlasa, and Dauphin, with Barn Ben Wiles supporting Michael Smith. <laughs> Um, the striker situation, the striker problems didn't turn out to be that much of a problem, did they really? No, not really. Oh, need to, who needs another striker if you've got Michael Smith? <laughs> yeah, you don't, yeah. Um, no. play one up front, um, and, uh, and still, still get through a game. 
Um, overall, not a great performance for it, let's be fair. Uh, started brightly, first five, ten minutes, five, six minutes probably. Uh, let them into the game and, and we struggled for the for the first half, really, uh, I thought. Um, they did what a lot of teams have done to us this sort of second half of the season. They just kind of crowded us out, didn't they? Mm. didn't allow us to settle. They didn't allow us to play the ball. Um, and, and we struggled with that all season. So um, it, it was a dour first half in terms of performance. Um, so and, and it's a worry that we've lost Jamie Lindsay as well. Like, he was clearly off it. Right mm. from the start, weren't he? He just wasn't yeah. really involved. Um, so that injury has obviously been plaguing him, despite having an injection. Um, it was really a shock, I think, Matt, when uh, we did the watch along and it couldn't work out initially why he'd been taken off. Mm. Um, it wasn't apparent immediately that he was injured, was it? But no. yeah, not a great performance first half, but who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned, let's let's praise Michael. We'll talk about the goals separately in a minute, but he now takes him to 60 goals for the club, as pointed out, as we've been talking about for a while. He's been creeping up to this target, and he's now got the record. He is now the Rotherham United's top goal scorer of the 21st century. Um, by my reckoning, it puts him 12th on the all-time record of top goal scorers for the club, which, again, wow. is not bad. Not bad at all. Um, brilliant. Um, let's go back to the first half. As, as Mick said, Danny, it was a poor first half. The first 10 minutes, I thought we were good. Bowler could have scored. I think we had another chance, which we cleared quite well. But it was very short-lived. It was literally 10 minutes. And then it just all went to pot, really, in that first half. I mean, we were playing well whilst Jamie Lindsay was on the pitch, to be fair. Mm. Um, and when he went off, it sort of just rocked the boat, I think. And like we said, we, we uh, let them into the game. Um, I don't think Richard Wood gets on with Bobby Madley. Or at least they don't now. Um, and, yeah, it was just one of them challenges. I mean, to, to give the lad credit, I think it was um, Gray who scored their first goal. It is a very well-taken finish for them, isn't it? Is it? It's so far just off the post. and It's unsavable for Victor, to be fair, Definitely. unless he wants to break his neck on the post. Yeah, we just... Yeah, Victor, he would do, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just sort of let them into the game and I think after Lindsay went off and after they scored, certainly we just wanted to get to half-time. Yeah. Get to half-time, sort of sends out, regroup and that's what we did more or less straight away in the second half. But yeah, like we said, that first half were very, very hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, two key incidents. Well, there's three key incidents. Well, there's probably four key incidents. A goal, great save of Victor and the two potential red cards neither that were given. I start with the red cards, Mick. The first one was Richard Wood. And for me, it's one of those that looks really bad. But I don't think Wood has done much wrong. He's just put, he, he hasn't moved to the man. He's just put his arm up. I might be overly defending Woody a bit here, but I think the way the kid's head flung back mm. made it look worse than it actually was. Yeah, I, 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 I would argue it's not a red card. It's a yellow. I think Madley got it right. Um, however... If that goes to VAR, that's a red. No question about it, because you see it on video and it looks it looks nasty. Um, I mean, you could still probably argue that it could have been a red card. It was a bit daft, to be honest, because Woody is looking at the guy. He is looking at the, the player. So he, he is aware of where his arm is going to contact him. So I could, I could see the argument for people wanting a, a red card, for the Hartlepool squad wanting a red card. I can see that argument, definitely. 
Uh, I'd have been disappointed if he had got one, obviously, um, because I think I think yellow was probably the right decision, but tough call. I think it's one of them. That one right. It's one of them where it needs an orange in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's yeah. like it's just above a yellow, but you know the justification for it not being a red at the same time. Because the way I saw it was that he's blocked the player off, mm-hmm. but because the player's block, been blocked off whilst travel, whilst building up his pace to try and win the ball, that's why it's such a, a big contact. And there was a debate in the stand, like it, it should have been a red card, nice no, yellow card. And I think because it was in the first half, that's why it was probably a yellow. Same with the Reg incident. If it were in the second half, it were it'd be a red card. Because mm. again, Reg's one was was more of an orange one. No, it? Um, nah, for me, Reg's one was was a, a yellow. Definitely nothing more. In fact, to be honest with you, I would argue it probably wasn't even a foul. Do you um, think? Do you think Woody could have got there if um, oh, if they let Bob run past him? Definitely. Just about, yeah. Bear in mind, if we should would, if if it was the other way around and would have done the tackle and Reg were there, then Reg would have comfortably got there. But what I would say is mm. that, that Reg has made little, if any, contact at all with Bogle. Yeah, he's not <clears> grabbed throat> him. Throat> he's not. He's not pulled him back. He's not done anything. Bogle's just seen his opportunity to go down. Um, so for me, definitely not a red. Without any question, it's not a red. Uh, and I would argue it's not even a foul, but I can see why I'm badly had to give that. Uh, because it's better, we took his time with decision. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he decided it was a foul, disagree or just whatever, that's fine. He thinks it's a foul. But he took his time, clearly spoke to Lino about the decision. And I suppose we need to give credit for that. A lot of referees mm-hmm. would have gone, right, so off you go. Instant yeah, yeah. decision. Although we didn't like him against Wickham this season, he made the way he made the decision... Whether you agree with the end decision or not, the way he went about the decision was the right way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I, th- I think it's the right decision. I, whether it was foul or not is another question, I suppose. Um, uh, let's be fair to, to Bobby Madley. He can't see whether or not it's a foul, you know, because he's got a click. Both players have got the backs to him, you know what I mean? So he can't see the fact that there isn't any contact. It would appear from the back that there probably is. And, you know, on first viewing on, on TV, it looks like there is. But when you actually see it, there isn't. Um, so, so I, I, he's done made two right decisions, really. I think uh, the two key ones there, definitely. Yeah, well, another key one. We'll come on to this. Mm. Philip Halls is with us from New Zealand. Uh, thank you for joining us, Scott Grundy, who's off to Wembley. Uh, Cal Briggs, we're going to Wembley. Uh, Steve Cooper's with us. Uh, Powerman UK is back with us as well. We're up. Brooke Simcox is also with us. We've got loads of comments. We'll go through as many as we can throughout the night. Uh, the next big incident was the... I've got these in wrong order, probably, but the first goal, Danny. Uh, initially, and I assume you were the same because you were the behind goal, 100% convinced it were offside. It looked a mile off. It looked comfortably offside. And then you go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just going back to our friend in New Zealand who actually got COVID and in bed. I hope everything... Uh, Philip Hawes, I hope everything... Is all right with you, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. I understand COVID's a bit harsh in New Zealand at the minute in terms of restrictions, but I hope you're all right. Um, but yeah, with the with the first goal, it's one of them where you see the, their three players offside, and your brain immediately thinks it's one of them three. It has to be given offside. It, it has yeah. to be. But then it, I've, I've watched it back on the replays, and it's like he's kept on side. The wee beggar. He's just kept. He's just kept himself on side, but. If you look at Hartley, um, yeah, Hartley Pool's second attempt at goal, which Victor saved incredibly, it's the exact same routine, but on the other side of the pitch, there's those 
few players stood in offside position, so rather than think they're holding the high line, but then there's the one player who keeps onside that goes zip and gets mm. there there uh, and gets the chance at goal. So uh, clever tactics from Hartley Pools, give him credit with that one. Um, it angered a lot of people in the stand, to be honest, that he wasn't given offside. But I think now everyone's watched it back and go, like I say, oh yeah, he's, he's onside. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's I, interesting. I think, Go on, Matthew. Sorry. I think it's a great call from Lionel. Mick's going to say he's offside for one reason, but I, th- I think I think it's the right decision. And again, we've got to get credit. I think that's a brilliant call from Lionel to spot that he was onside when there were so many people offside. Uh, it's interesting because I had a chat today with somebody with two lads at work, a Chesterfield fan and a Leeds fan. Uh, both of them will watch the game last night and both of them were absolutely convinced that I was offside. Not because of the player who, took, who, who scored the goal, but because the three players were active and interfering with play. Um, and, and there is a strong, strong argument that that's the case. You know, those three players have moved into an offside position. They've, that, that has therefore prevented the defenders going for the ball because they know that they're in an offside position. Um, Smith has not gone with his man. He's lost his man and his man scored. Uh, he's not gone with his man because there's three players in an offside position when the ball comes in. So, I mean, you could argue that, that I, and I don't blame the line, or the line has got it bang on right, absolutely bang on right. Uh, it's, the, it's the interpretation of the rules that these people are having to to put into, into practice that's the issue. You know what I mean? Uh, is he active, isn't he active? You cannot make that decision in that in that split second as a linesman, as a referee, as an official. You can't make that decision. Mm. You, you just don't know. So why give them the option to do that? Why why is that even part of the rules? This is why people get so frustrated with, with officials interpreting the rules because they are open to interpretation and they shouldn't be. If you're offside, you're offside. Didn't we have something similar in the Carabao Cup final where I think one of Liverpool's players was yes, in an offside position and they said, yeah, it was inter- yeah. it was interfering with play and they didn't give the goal. Yeah. Um, again, it's all down to interpretation, isn't it? And that's that's exactly my point, Danny. It shouldn't be. Mm. But the but the the the, the people who, who make the decisions as to how the rules are going to be applied, they try to make they they seem to want to make it woolly, and that's why. Referees and linesmen get so much abuse. Mm. You know, they're putting part themselves into a position. Well, it's part of it. It is part of it. And another part of it is incompetence. Another part of it is, is stupid football fans as well. You know, so there's, there's a, there is a whole package. But when it comes to decisions like this, the, 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 the linesmen and referees have been put in impossible positions by the people who make the rules or make the interpretation of the rules. Three players are offside. They're in offside positions. They're offside. They're offside. End of. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. So, but you straight away by saying that they're in an offside position, you, you're muddy in the waters, aren't you? You make it more difficult to interpret. Well, exactly. Being offside and position, it, I'm being offside. Anyway, anyway. Right. I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. Um, Steve Gundy agrees with you. Three, three players offside, and how they're not interfering astounds him. Uh, Jerry and Lee, I thought the players were interfering to us. They were deliberately offside, which also detracts the goalkeeper, she says. Yeah, yeah. I, see what, I see what everybody's saying, but I think they've found a loophole in the, in the, in the law, and I think hats off to Hartlepool for figuring out. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see us use that tactic going forward, because it's a different type of free kick, and we're always looking at different type of free kicks, aren't we, to be fair? Yeah, knowing how it would be getting offside, though, wouldn't it? Oh, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've not found a loophole, Matt. 
The loophole has well, been deliberate, deliberately put there for people to exploit, hasn't it? But nobody else, I, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that tactic no. purposely running offside to distract yeah, yeah. everyone. I've never seen that before. That's it's I thought clever. It's clever. But if you're if you're doing that purposely running offside to distract the opponent, then you're interfering with play. You're active, therefore offside. But you're not going for the ball. Oh, you're not, you're not <laughs> anyway, anyway, this this is a this could go on. We can literally <laughs> talk about this all night. <laughs> so, but you shouldn't have to, should you? And that's my point. No, that's true. If you're offside, you're offside. Make it easy. We all understand it then and we don't argue about it, do we? Move on. <laughs> We're going to Wembley, Mick. Move on. <laughs> devil's advocate. I'm quite enjoying myself at all. Um, the second, the fourth big incident of the half, or fifth, I can't even remember anymore, was the Victor save from Molyneux. And Danny, what an unbelievable save that was. That fingertip save and he's just got enough on it. That brilliant save. He's seen what's happened for the first goal. And it's effectively a carbon copy, but he's gonna cross him instead of um to his near post. And Victor's got just enough on it and it's just gone round the post. The one thing that puzzled me was why Omar Vogel was giving the lad who's had a go at goal a bit of stick. It's like, mate, he's nearly scored for your team just because he didn't pass it to you. You know what I mean? But anyway, former Donny Flair, what do you expect? Um but yeah, Vic Victor set up. I think Victor got a bit of criticism because you know he, he had conceded two goals. Um but for that save in the first half, that's kept us in the game at 1-0. And, prob- and probably um, changed the team talk at half-time to be more of an encouragement rather than a uh, <laughs> throwing shoes at people, Dork, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, we were forced into a substitution partway through the game. Um, first, probably through the first half, sorry, when Jamie Lindsay had to come off with with an injury, he came off at just get me notes. So he came off in thirty four minutes. Mikel Miller came on uh, for him, which turned out Mick to be the substitution of the night. I know Jamie Lindsay didn't want to come off, but moving on to the second half now, which was a much much improved performance, and everything good. I know it didn't set up with the goal, but everything good came through Mikel Miller. I thought it was absolutely superb. I, I said it. On the watch on last night, like I said it previously on this podcast, he is up there with Chio um, and possibly, arguably, a better player than Chio um, because he's got everything in his locker with the exception of that um, lightning pace that Chio's got. That's not to say he's, he's in any way slouch, you know what I mean? It's not as though he's slow. Um, he's a hell of a player. He's an absolute hell of a player. The, the issue is, again, as we discussed last night, was the the, the, the injury situation with him, you mm. know, and whether he's um, going to be able to stay fit. But yeah, I mean, he was massively important last night, as were as was some of the other substitutes as well, and some of the other players who came into the game after that. Uh, but yeah, that that substitution was a catalyst for uh, the change in uh, change up in form. I guess is the right is that the right word performance. Performance. Level. Yeah. Yeah, it were 100%. Uh, it forced a, ch- a slight change in position. For ben Wilds originally started as a second striker, t- number 10. And then obviously Mikel Miller came in and essentially played at that, at that position. Um, although he weren't, he didn't really stick to that position, did he, did he Danny? He, he was regularly on the left hand side, looking like he's playing as a winger in his, what we, we consider to be his normal position. And I said he didn't assist any of the goals. He won the free kick for the first one. So that's almost an assist. 
Yeah, and I mean, the run that he's done to win that free kick as well it is astonishing. Yeah. He's beaten two <laughs> players and has to get fouled to be stopped. And I, I watched the watch along back and I had the exact same opinion as you two. I thought it were a penalty to start with. <laughs> but, then I, but then I actually had to watch the footage back and go, he's about three inch outside the box. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's Mikel Miller on 70-80% match day fitness, just coming back from an injury, mm. good Lord, imagine when he gets to 100%. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll put my marker down for this now, and I'll probably get a lot of stick for it come end of the season. But Mikel Miller could save our title winning season if he can play <laughs> off Smith like that until the other strikers are back fully fit. That yeah. could be the little stopgap that we need until maybe KO comes back because he's meant to be fit for the Wickham game, I think. But I don't think he'll be risked as a starter. Yeah. So if we start with Miller just off Smith again, could be a very good stopgap. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is. We'll talk, we'll talk about what we can give in a minute, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, he could be key, keeping fit could be absolutely key as long as long we keep him Smith fit, Geo fit, he's in that bracket of God, keep him fit the rest of the season. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it again in a minute with the second goal, but um, we've got Liam McGarry mentions Barlasser was outstanding last night, the passing was, was on point and a great cross for Smudger's header. Now, I seem to recall you, Mick. On the watch along, <laughs> saying that it was too close. You don't want to freak yeah. out here. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's why I know. I, I don't even know why I'm on a football podcast. To be honest, I know nothing. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it were. It just, it just did seem that way, didn't it? But you did, yeah. Nah, you don't bank on. I wasn't banking on Dan Barlaster and Michael Smith, where Jordi Duo. But uh, I should have been really should have known. <laughs> to be fair, Smith didn't have to ver try very hard to get to the ball. The defending on that one was very, very relaxed, wasn't it? Hey, mate, listen, the way Smithy went for that ball, it didn't matter how, how hard the defender tried to get it, it would end up back in there with ball. That's that, you know. Um, that were a, it was a fantastic header from Smith. He, 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 were, he was winning that ball, come what may. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then came the the sucker punch because after we got that goal for a couple of minutes, we were looking good. Um, and then literally five minutes later, Luke Molyneux. Oh, I suppose we should stop here and have a, have a minute, Danny, because I thought Luke Molyneux was brilliant for them all night. I thought he caused us problems all night. And uh, credit to Hartlepool overall, they caused us lots of problems. Atmosphere were very, very good. Uh, but I thought Luke Molyneux was the pick of their players. I thought he were really good and deserved a goal. Yeah, he were a danger all night, to be fair, other than taking his penalty. Um, but yeah, we were danger all night. But I think if that chance is created in probably a higher division, the defender would turn it over at VAR. But yeah. I think I think it's more down to Wicky's got his, his clearance, like, like the angle of his clearance foot wrong. And that's why it's ended up in the back of the net. Um, but not to take it away from Luke Molyneux, he was astounding for them. He was a real danger all. He was one of their most dangerous players. To mm. the to the point where people got irritated whenever we were on the ball, because <laughs> you know, yeah, the draws a foul, he creates a chance, he plays the ball through. Um, yeah, it, it were it were a danger, and you know, fair play to him for actually getting a goal during the game. However, I would personally give it as an own goal, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cruel. <laughs> I think it's going. I think it's going. I think it's going wide from his initial shot, to be honest, and I think Icky no. turns it home. <laughs> I, I said that. I said that last night. I said I, I wonder if that were going wide. No way, were that going wide, mate. That was that was nestling right in the centre of the goal. 
It weren't even it weren't even going in corner. Um, but anyway, whatever. On that whatever. goal, uh, we saw I've seen Angus get a little bit of stick. Uh, Liam McGarry's point. This is a kind of bit of stick. Thought McDonald should have closed him down quicker, but very composed finish. I've seen much harsh criticism that Angus. Um, yeah, you, on on if you look at isolation, Danny, you could say yeah, maybe Angus should have been should have been closer to him, but he had to be part of the back three. He couldn't have he couldn't have been out wide so sort of Molyneux's shoulder because then there's a big gap in the middle of the pitch. For me, that's Bowler. Bowler's completely found himself mm. out of position and stitched McDonald up. I, I don't know what else McDonald could have done really. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think the criticism of McDonald comes from when people have watched probably the replay back. Yes, there is the argument he can close him down quicker, and maybe if we'd have had Angus for the whole season, he would have done. Um, but again, it's only Angus's second start of the season. I think yeah. third or fourth appearance overall. Mm. So it, it's one of them where you can just give him just that little bit of, all right, you've not been in the squad with everybody else, you know, and this, that, and other. But yeah, it, it's um for me, it's six one and a half dozen at other. Yeah, bowlers could be in. in um, making that position his own a bit better but also Angus closed him down a bit better but I think to lay a lot of stick on Angus for, for the goal is not looking at it as a as a team game as more of an individual game Yeah I agree, I thought about back three Mick I thought it was probably our best performer I know Icky was fairly solid when he came on but Woody had his moments, Red had his moments other than that goal, I thought Angus was very very good and, and scored his penalty Yeah, I thought it was a really good game, solid solid as a rock Um I mean, I'm a big fan of Teleji Bull, as you know, and I'll praise him to the to the hill. But for me, that that would answer him. He was just out of position, and not only was he out of position with the but where the ball was being played on the opposite side of the pitch, he had bags and bags of time to get back and get get himself back into line, uh, into shape, and he didn't do it. So, you know, you live and learn, don't you? And 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 the lad is the lad is young, and he's learning his trade. Um, so I'm not going to you're not going to get on his back about it, but um, I. I Personally, I don't put too much um, blame on, on Angus. In fact, I don't put any of, any of it on him. I think he did what he could. Um, yeah. But yeah, he had a really good game. Mm. Um, moving on to the fourth goal of the game, Cal Briggs asks, whoever said Chio can't cross the ball was proven wrong last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chio just needs to start crossing with his left foot. That's all, that's all he needs to do. Um, it was brilliant, Danny. Again, it's, it basically started from Miller. Miller's cut the ball from halfway line, pushed forward. I said this on, I think, to Mick last night. I can't imagine many things more frightening as defenders than seeing Mikel Miller passing it to Chio, who's going to try and cross it to Michael <laughs> Smith. I mean, that's just a nightmare scenario for a defender. Well, it's, it's like Paul Davis says, it should be illegal to bring Chio and Miller on on the pitch, both in the second half. Um, but yeah, again, with Chio, are we sure he's right-footed? <laughs> like the, the he scored with his right foot yet? No, <laughs> well, I think he, has, he might have done for Ireland, uh, but for us, is it two worldies with his left foot? Sorry. And and I think he's probably got a few crosses with his, with his right foot as well, like. But that cross he's dug out to <clears> land it bang on Smith's head in the box, and it were doing it throughout the throughout the evening as well. That strike with his left foot to just drop it like a pin in the box, and then Smith heads it home. It's an amazing cross, absolutely amazing cross. But then. Credit to Smith again. He has the knowledge to run onto it and know where it's dropping. Um, and to equalise for a second time, 
and all in the space of 20 minutes, I might add. That were a mad 20 minutes. Like, we, we draw level, they score, then we draw level again. M- madness. I couldn't catch my breath. No wonder I'm battered today. I didn't have a chance to breathe in that second half. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, well, I said, we mentioned at start, mate, Smithy's got his 60th goal now. Now passes Adam Lafondra. Um, he was, his, I, 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 I was going to say he's back, but he's not, is he? He's just scored some goals on top of his normal performances. Uh, uh, and he was brilliant. He won everything last night, Michael Smith. He won everything in the end, uh, flick in flick-ons. And it just, just caused them a nightmare. I thought it was brilliant again. Uh, he's never been away, has it? Let's be fair. You know, he's he's. Uh, it may have been off the goal scoring sheet a few times, but uh, in reality, his, his contribution to to the team is not 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 diminished in any way. Um, and and yeah, I mean, he, he were having those two goals last night, weren't he? He was having them, especially the second one. He were getting yeah, that one. Wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> nobody was stopping him, um, and that's what we want. That's what we want to see from him. We know we know that that's where he does. But again, some of his some of his touches were just sublime. Yeah. He's he's turning into a hell of a player. He's turned into a hell of a player. Um, so yeah, I can't I can't praise him enough. Can't praise him enough, and he deserves that title of top goal scorer of this century for us, doesn't he? You know, he's worked so hard for it. Um, I appreciate that wasn't what he was aiming at, but you know what I mean. Um, he, he has worked so hard to achieve what he's achieved so far, uh, and it's just great great to see. Great to yeah. see. All I'll say to him, if he's listening, which is probably not, imagine how many good more goals you can get if you stay for like another four years. Just imagine <laughs> what you guys Just imagine. I, I can say he's, uh, his mother-in-law listens to the podcast, so if you're listening, hello, it was nice to speak to you before the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brilliant. You say, yeah, you spoke to her, didn't you, Danny? Yeah, um, it was quite weird. I was just, just joining the queue to go get myself an hot dog. And uh, she says, "Oh, you're you're the guy from the podcast. I'm um, I'm Smith's mother-in-law. We've come up from Sunderland. It's like, oh, hello, <laughs> random encounter of the evening. Um, but I think I think with Smith's mother-in-law, best thing is that she ain't away end with all fans. <laughs> That's brilliant. That that is brilliant. <laughs> you are hello. If you're watching, hello, nice to Thank you for joining. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Mother's Day yeah. special on the cards with uh, with Alison Barlasser. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, I don't know whether you're going to go on to this, Matt, but can we just have a little shout out for that uh, effort of Dan Barlasser's in the second half? Oh, oh the one that crossbar, yeah. I mean, that was just, uh, that was just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And it should have been a corner, to be fair, because I think it just, it just touched the defender on the way through and then hit the crossbar, but the technique, if that had gone in, geez, that would have been, <laughs> I mean, that would have been goal at tournament, goal at season. It was just a, a fantastic strike. I mean, um, even Dan thought it were in as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was It was an absolutely awesome, awesome effort. It was. Uh, before we get into the penalties, uh, a couple more performances to mention. Um, let's bring in Donna's comments. Uh, Nevea was was on Good Morning Britain with his side two two shirt this morning. I thought he played really well, and as Donna mentions, he played well and made Nevea's night, giving her a shirt. It's definitely the ethos Paul Warren likes interacting with fans. We also really like him. We said on the last couple of podcasts, Danny, he is gradually getting better and better, and again he's done it again. He's just getting better and better, and that was his best performance for us comfortably. 
Yeah, he's um, he's one of them players where um, I guess he just needs a run in the side. He needs mm. just to build it up, build it up. And in all honesty, I can see him coming back for another loan spell next season. Yeah, you know, he's well. built into the club ethos and what we're all about, and he's made mates here in League One. And then it's like, right, let's do it as let's do it again in in the championships. And we will agree to be fair. I can see Grig coming back if he's uh, well enough after his rehabilitation. Because they just get what the club's about and they like it here. That's the main thing. They like it here. And my mum was telling me when I got back home that <clears throat> the commentators weren't really giving all of them enough credit that they deserved. Really? But the guys it, but the guys in the studio were heaping praise on the ethos Paul Warren's built. And a few of them were saying about Smith, oh, he's, he's doing really well, he can get a big move. But I can't remember who said it, but one of them said, I think he's going to stay. You can tell he really likes it at that football club and he wants to do well for him. And there's someone like Smith who has built his whole family unit here. And I know, I know a lot of his family is still based in the northeast, but his direct family are more or less all based around Rotherham. And it's the, it's, the, it's the season of his career. And would you want to risk it somewhere else whilst, whilst having the, the season of your career here now? Does he want to do and try and do it again in the championship? Probably yes. It was very good for his last season. And now that he's had the season of his career, he's like, right, I can kick on and try again now. Yeah. And in all honesty, I, I can see Smith staying. If we go up this season through probably through automatics because it's less stressful, I can see him signing a new contract and staying. Might only be a two year contract potentially. Um, but I can see him staying. Maybe not for his whole career now but again again why not yeah why not as, as a striker it's much more difficult the, the, the physicality he puts in i think it will be very difficult to play to the age that woody's going to play to because i think woody mm. doesn't need to be as physical as much less energy whereas michael smith's game's all about running it's all about getting at players it's all about the physicality so i don't think it's good i might be wrong and I, I, to be honest i hope i'm wrong but i don't think we'll see him play until 37 38 you might see him play into 34, 35. And what is he, 31 now? He could, uh, he could just take over from... Uh, he could just drop back and take over from Woody when Woody retires. <laughs> That's true. Took words straight out of my mouth there, Mick. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I'd love to see... He did that when Woody got sent off, didn't he? He played centre-back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Future yeah. position there, Smudge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love Woody. I'd love He's already going to go down. He's already in the conversation the best striker ever. If he stays for two or three more seasons and keeps us in the championship, he will cement his place in there. He just will. Um, he's certainly the best modern striker. The best what, sorry? Modern striker. Yeah. Because the striking position has changed so much from like the days of Gladstone Guest and, mm. and all of them. So I'd say he's the best modern striker. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best all-round striker. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Alf is the best goal scorer we'll, we'll probably ever have, but Smith's got a bit more to his game, or a lot more to his game than Alfie ever had. But I imagine them together. I put it on Twitter earlier. Imagine Smith and Alfie <laughs> together. It'd just be disgusting, wouldn't it? Uh, hey, listen, Alf is, Alf is a friend that podcast has been on it. Uh, if he's listening, Alfie, there's, there's a place for you to finish your career, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit colder over here than, uh, than Australia, but nevertheless, you know. You never know. We might we might speak to Alfie again at some point. You just never know. Nice. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, Jerry Ann Simpson mentions about back to two two. He just needs to get a better tracking back, and then he will be the full package. Yeah, I think that's him and Bowler are very similar. 
ironically both come from Arsenal. Mm. Um, but yeah, I agree with both of those. Um, then we go to penalties again, fourth time this season, three times in the Papa John's. Um, the, the moral of the story is if we're going to go to penalty shootout, make sure Victor's in there. <laughs> 100% record in his career so far, obviously, his professional career with a penalty shootout. Um, yeah, to make it was as stress free as a penalty shootout could be, sort of. We were always we were always ahead of the game, really. We were never having to come back our own. No, we got com- reasonably comfortable, didn't we? To be fair, um, we didn't realistically look in much danger. I know Ben Wilder's penalty got saved, but that was a good save from keeper. You know, it was mm. it was in the corner. Uh, he just managed to get to it, uh, get a strong hand on it. Um, so there's no criticism from me or Ben Wiles. I know some people on social media, but um, yeah, I've seen a couple of daft comments, especially a couple of fishing comments. I imagine. Um, but to, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I don't think we were really in any danger. Were we? The penalties were uh, were excellent from everybody. <laughs> there so, should be a fourth one at season. The experts, yeah, 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 precisely. <laughs> um, a, a little shout out for the the, the Hartlepool lad whose penalty we missed. Still travelling. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it looked initially from from the the the, the angle on the on TV that it went absolutely miles away. I think. I think you said to me on the on the watch along Matt to look out the window see if it landed in our garden. Um but when you actually saw it from behind the goal, it was quite close. It, were, it yeah. was quite mm-hmm. close. Uh almost skimming the post, I think. But um yeah, I feel a bit for him, but a young lad and it's a, a learning curve for him, isn't it? So but um mm-hmm. yeah, Victor's done really well, hasn't he? And Miller just to top his performance off. It's cool as you like. Yeah. <laughs> Were brilliant. They were all good. I said other than Wilder, which missed, which wasn't. It still wasn't a terrible penalty. It was still in the corner, but just wasn't wasn't as good as the rest. But I'll have to do this typical. I'm going to smash it as hard as I can. Worked yeah. again. Yeah. Um. Well, so Angus scored. I think I, the the quote from Angus to Paul Davis after the game was, "After what I've been through, I thought, what's the worst could happen?" Or something <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Run to the point. I like it. Yeah. And another excellent penalty. And like I said, Mikel Miller. Um, with the uh, deciding one, Jamie, I think Victor deserves a start at Wembley. He has owned this tournament. We'll come on to that. I suppose we'll come on to that nearer the time, but I would hope that Victor, uh, Victor's going to be there. Danny, you were the one of the, one of the three of us that were there last night. <laughs> it was a, a stressful penalty shot. I remember it was more stressful for you being there than I was watching on telly. You have no idea how stressed I was <laughs> when it was going to penalties. <clears throat> I actually felt physically sick. I have never felt physically sick at a football game, but I turned to mate and says, right, if we miss one of these penalties, I'm going over that railing and I'm being ill. That, <laughs> that's how bad it was. Um, but yeah, but with Victor, he was so close to saving the first penalty as well. Yeah. And they always say that the, the team that scores the first penalty is most likely to win the shootout. But if you've just snuck in your first penalty, that little edge of doubt of, oh, he's good there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a comfortable penalty. We're a sneaking penalty. Um, and on the vlog as well, I correctly guessed Victor's save for their goal as well, by the way. I, I was like, come on, Victor, save it, which is exactly what I did for the Cambridge game, and he saved it. I guessed it right way as well. I was really impressed with myself. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the um, with, with, with Wales's penalty... There is an argument to say, yeah, it is a poor penalty, but Wilder's walk up to the penalty spot, he looks shattered. Yeah. He, he has run himself into ground again for this football club. And I think 
he did, he did at one penalties, but also he's started the game in a position that is very demanding if you're on your own just behind the striker. But then he's dropped into midfield as well, which is also a very physically demanding position. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got the, to have the mentality to walk 50 yards and take a penalty. And it's nothing about his sight wiles out or anything. He's just hit it, keep his guess right, and it's like, oh, oh well. Yeah. But their player who's missed, like you say, it were a lot closer than people think. I said on the vlog that he's done a kepper, mainly because it went over the crossbar. <laughs> but if that just sneaks in that top corner, it's one of the best penalties during the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then Mikel Miller, the Miller for the Millers, just just coolly slots it in, sends it all to Wembley, sends me ballistics, someone nearly breaks my shoulder. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're all just sat in astonishment on the bus, like, wow, it's actually happened. Um, the the only feeling I can sort of describe it as is when we played Solial, um, and we like fought back from a game where we weren't the best at all. It's a sort, it's a similar feeling to that, but because it means so much more that now we're going to Wembley because we fought back and effectively won it right at the death through a penalty shootout. I think I think that's why everyone every. I think it was 657 of us who travelled. He's probably made up in bed still like, wow, what's just happened? Because <laughs> everyone who's messaged me has gone, I'm absolutely shattered today. I can't, my, le my legs hurt, my knees hurt, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> Don't want to go to work, this, that and other. And it's like, yeah, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. They're the moments, football. That's what football's all about. Yeah. Um, Jamie was sat three rows down from you, Danny. And yes, you were very emotional. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um it was brilliant. Um, we're there, and I'd ask, there's not much else to say really. If we'd have lost, we'd have been gutted, but we'd have got over it. But now we get to enjoy. We need to get that sort of MS to the start. We get to go down to down to Wembley. It's a World Cup year, so we had to get to Wembley. It was it's the rules, and we don't want to go into playoffs. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Living Road sums up pretty well. Well deserved. Very entertaining game. Not our best, but got the results we needed. Yeah, for, for a neutral, it were a cracking game. Yes, because it was chaos. That's why it was just madness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I can't wait for Wembley. Honestly, I, I, it's just going to be great. I'm taking my six-year-old to her first trip to Wembley. We get to have a trip to Wembley together. It's just going to be amazing, isn't it? Even if we, yeah. even if you go our way, it's going to be amazing to go to Wembley. It's a good day out, isn't it? It's a good day out. Becoming a bit boring now, to be honest with you. Um, we, we need to go when there's something really important at stake, like a you know a place in, um, in promised land. But um, nah, it's a great day, isn't it? It's a great day out. So um, much as I've criticised this competition, and I'll, I'll continue to do so because of because of the, the the issues that are with it. You know, it's nevertheless it for me being the shallow git that I am. You know, it's a day out of Wembley and a chance to win a lot of money for our club. So, principles have gone now. Particularly, bear in mind, we've not got any Premier League dross left in it, have we? No. Um, because it's been proved throughout the course of this tournament and last the last time as well that they're not good enough. They might think they are, but they ain't good enough. So, um, you know, good. Let's, good be honest, let's, have, let's have a good day out. Let's enjoy. I'm sure we will. I think the ironic thing is that they took out the regional um, fixtures and we've still got a North v South final. Yeah. yeah. That historically yeah. is a North v South competition. Yeah. yeah. So it just, it just proves that all these all these uh, little tweaks that they're making to it are pointless. Um, 
I have spoken to Ben actually, and obviously because he's down there, he's saying that everybody's welcome around it is before a game as well. So uh, after, after party at Ben's, yeah, a party at Ben's. And party then, at uh, Ben's. So uh, just uh, if anybody wants to know, send me a message and I'll uh, I'll text your address. And a time to be there. Could you imagine that 14,000 people rock <laughs> yeah. up at Ben's house for an after party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there we are, Sunday the 3rd of April uh, at Wembley Stadium. We've got kickoff time. I haven't seen a kickoff time yet. Uh, three o'clock according to the live score. Well, that could change. That's good. Uh, Don London, and this is with a lot of people that we know. It was first first time going for same for many junior millers. How amazing for young fans starting their their Rotherham United fan journey. Yeah, as mm. I said, my six year olds going. This is her first season watching Rotherham United, and she gets to go to Wembley. I mean, that's just amazing for her and other people. It's just brilliant. Uh, is this your second visit to Wembley, Daniel? Third? Um, it's my second watching Rotherham. Third overall. Um, but we've got an entire generation now Rotherham fans who have never seen Rotherham. A cup final at Wembley, you know, you, you've got the, the ones who can remember '96, and then you sort of like the playoff generation, weirdly, isn't yeah. it? Um, but now we're in a cup competition again at Wembley, and it's great, it just goes to show how far our club's come not only under Tony Stewart's tenure but also under Paul Warren's tenure because we've gone from being the team that's you know won, won the playoffs and then gone up automatic through Covid to now being in a, a standalone cup competition. But also having the potential of doing the double, which if you if, if you were to say to me like five five to seven years ago, or oh, Rotherham United could be on the cards doing a league double in League One, I'd be like, hey, come on. <laughs> um, but for me personally, it's it's like a it's like a tick on my bucket list. Go and watch England and Rotherham at Wembley in the same season. I never yeah. thought I, I never ever thought that would be possible because it's like oh well, England always play at Wembley, so I could. Mm. Try and do it in future, but for Rotherham to be in a cup final at Wembley, it's very. It's happened very rarely. Uh, it's, I think it's only happened twice before because it was the League Cup final. Um, I know it wasn't no because we played at Villa Park and Millmore, didn't yeah, we? That that wasn't at Wembley, yeah. yeah, no, that wasn't at Wembley. So it's only happened once before, and the rest of the time it's it's playoffs. So to have England and Rotherham at Wembley in the same season, I am absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah. It's going to be well. Few few stats, few records. Paul Warren will be, assuming he's still in a job by the 3rd of April, which I think he will be. Uh, he will be the first Rotherham manager to take Rotherham to Wembley twice. Uh, no, it's all, always been a change, different manager every single time. Obviously, 2018, now 2022. Uh, Richard Wood again will be the first captain, assuming he plays, to captain Rotherham twice at Wembley. Um, there's rules to going to Wembley as well. If you if you if Rotherham United go to Wembley, that means we're going to score two goals. And that means somebody is going to score twice. Um, yeah, it's just... You know, Nigel Jemson, Ryan Taylor, Alex Ravel and Richard Wood, the only defender on the list. Richard Wood might get another two. Um, yeah. He's sharing out, I mean, let's be fair. Mick, be a bit I, more excited. Michael yeah. Smith is to it this time round, I think. Only thing he's missing from his Rotherham journey at the minute is, is, is Wembley Gold, Michael Smith. yeah. He'll get him this time. He'll get him this time, I'm sure. Mm. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Can't you tell? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. From what I can tell, it will be our first ever uh, game against Sutton because I think they've done the football league last season. The referee has been announced already. Uh, Sebastian Stock Stocksbridge, nothing significant on that one. Um, yeah, I'm going to remember the boys and girls. Love it. 
Okay, so uh, Scott Grundy says he remembers '96. Yeah, a lot of people do. Mick does for what for what his memory's worth. He does. And as we spoke, we spoke to the Irish and Trevor Berry and Andy Roscoe last summer. Um, I might we might even try and get him on again in the lead up to the game, just to sort of get their thoughts back. That's 26 years ago now. Um, <laughs> And when we spoke to them, it, they, they talked about it as if it were yesterday. The, the, the passion and yeah. the pride they spoke about playing for Royal United at Wembley. And it's just what these these players are going to have the same sort of thing. The ones that are lucky enough to get picked are going to have the same thing. Uh, even if they lose, I think they'll win. But it'll be brilliant. A couple of weeks look forward to it, Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else from the night from the game before we have a quick look ahead to Wickham? Um. One thing I'll say is that Hartlepool's atmosphere was electric. Mm. Like this, this was one of their biggest games in their history, and I think it's their highest attendance in 18 years. Wow. Or something like that. Um, so we apologise for spoiling your party, but it's now our party at Wembley. So, ah. <laughs> um, but when they were 1 0 up, the stand that was directly on um, our right hand side from the away stand, I swear it was moving at one point because the fans were bouncing <laughs> up and down in unison, like, wow. That is an atmosphere right there. Um, so, yeah, Hartlepool, well done. You've got a better atmosphere than Hillsborough had for the whole of this season. So, well done. Uh, a better pitch. Yeah. Better pitch. Better country fans. mile, a better pitch. Yeah, yeah better yeah. pitch, better fans. And they beat Wednesday in the competition as well. Hey, that's yeah. that trick. <laughs> Proper yeah. club, Hartlepool. Proper club, yeah. Hartlepool. Yeah. Uh, they're giving us 14,500 initial tickets for Wembley. The price is pretty reasonable. I think it's about half the price what the playoffs normally were, or what they were last time anyway. Um so get down there, boys. I don't know if you've if you've been before, just go again. You, you might. The, the thing is, Wembley visits. We might not visit Wembley for another twenty five years. That, that's that's how football works. You look at Hartlepool, never been there before. This could be our last time in such a long time. So if you can get down to Wembley, get down to Wembley and support them and try and enjoy it. And yeah, I don't know. What else it won't be, will it? We'll be there again in four years. Yeah, that's true. Twenty twenty six. Good point. Uh, I don't, and what well, we've also got two weeks to look forward to all Wednesday fans telling us how few people we're taking yeah. to Wembley as well, which is going to be great fun. I'm looking forward to that. All of sort of um, Wednesday Willy Wave, Willy Wavers, yeah, yeah. All I'll say is to that is that we've been to a cup final in the 21st century, they haven't. Ah, that's, that's not we've probably been to Wembley more times than them, yeah. But, yeah, but but we didn't take as many fans, so it doesn't count. We lost. <laughs> Automatic defeat, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, th yeah. I think I think Rotherham are the first South Yorkshire side to appear at Old and New Wembley in the same cup competition. You love a little stuff like that, Danny, don't I, you? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically means we are the best club in South Yorkshire now, technically. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, with that, you, you could probably extend that to Yorkshire, Danny. Yeah. Because <laughs> Le Leeds have only been to a playoff final, and Oldersfield have only been to a playoff final. So, yeah, probably, probably extend it to them. So, yeah. Mm. Best team in Yorkshire. Yeah. Best team in North England, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not the biggest, but the best. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. So, let's have a big, big bring that back down to earth because now we've got to put up with playing Wickham on Saturday. Oh, God. So as much as Saturday was an enjoyable, chaotic game, you were lucky to get 36 minutes of football on Saturday. 
Yay. <laughs> Curiously, this podcast has gone on 25 minutes longer than the actual ball is going to be in play on Saturday. <laughs> so I don't know how we are going to be able to get a review podcast out that's going to last an hour based on 20 minutes with the football. <laughs> we did it last time. I suppose we did, didn't we? Yeah. Most of it were me moaning, though, weren't it? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I could do is I could buy a cheese board and we could do a cheese review afterwards. More interesting to talk about cheese than that football game against Wickham, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Going from ecstasy to frustration in the matter of a week. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go through some stats of the Wickham game. The last time we played them at their place was the first day of last season, which was the 1-0 win. First game, first league game in lockdown. Um, the last two times we have won at Wickham have both been 1 0. That was last season in like 99 or 2000, some, sometime around then. Um, Wickham have surprisingly, and I was really surprised at this, the joint worst defensive record in the top 10. Now, in my head, I used to assume they were quite good defensively because they just don't let the ball be in play. So I, I assume it would make you good at being <laughs> defensive. Um, apparently not. Also, I suppose make, we watched a lot of that five-five game against Cheltenham, and if that mm. Cheltenham, if that Wickham turns up, sorry, it's going to be a great game. And I don't think that yeah, will yeah. turn up, but mm. who knows? yeah, we'll see, won't we? I, I'm holding no um, no hope out for any any quality. To be honest with you, um, I, I hope that we've turned a corner in terms of our sort of form, and we can pick our game up. And if we can. Whilever we've got the, whilever we can keep the ball on the pitch, then we'll be able to take the game to Wickham and hopefully put them under some pressure. Um, but and, and I know it's getting kind of a bit like a broken record, isn't it? You know, every time we play Wickham, bang on about our garbage they are and our, you know anti football and all this nonsense. Listen, I know that I know that it, I know the counter argument and I've heard the counter argument a million times about you know well it's it's effective and everything else. Well, it is, but you know from a from a football supporter's point of view. It's it's probably the game that I least look forward to, um, and I've done for the last three or four seasons that we've played them. I just it's horrible, it's horrible. Uh, I just hope we can get down there and, and get get a win. It would be great to get down there, come away with three points, another icky goal on eighty six minutes uh, uh, to, to to seal it all. We'll do me fine. I'll be happy with that. Let's you know stripey jumper mask back up M one and let's go. Uh, we can move on then, can't we, and get get this out of the way because I've been dreading this for for weeks. This game, you want you, you want you, yeah, it's going to be four apiece and scintillating <laughs> end to end football, isn't it? You know, for for ninety five minutes. But if you believe that, you believe out. Mm. Yeah, the key thing with a game like this, Danny, is get an early goal for us and for, and for Wickham. To be fair, for both teams, if they get an early goal, they'll show up shop. If we get another goal, it's going to force them out a little bit. So if there is an early goal, the game's going to change either way. Yeah, I think our main tactic should be to stand up to Wickham and stop them getting the early goal because mm. when they played us, I uh, can't remember what season it was, but they got an early goal and then just sat on yeah. it for the whole game. Uh, we can't let them do that because Wickham are the hold-up merchants in terms of time. Um, so if they get an early goal and they'll just sit on it and then it's like trying to punch your way through a brick wall, it just yeah. won't happen. Um, but if we stand up to him, do our usual thing of not conceding in the first half away from home, um, it could play play into our favour a little bit. 
Uh, I'm hoping we don't score in the 86th minute because I measured my blood pressure after last night and it's dangerous. <laughs> um, so a goal around 60 minutes would do me nicely. Um, we're just looking at the numbers. Wickham are the 10th best home side this season. They've won 30 mm. po- 34 points, scored 33, uh, conceded 26, won 10, drawn 4, lost 4. And in terms of points won, we are the second best away side. And I'll keep coming back to this. We've only conceded five goals in the league away from home all season. So we are technically on paper the best away side in football league history. Um, <laughs> I've said that and we'll concede three now. Um, but yeah, we, we've won more points away than Wickham have won at home this season. Um, and I think Wickham have experienced a little bit of a drop off. They were up and around the automatics for a long time. They've dropped off, but then they've just sort of had a little revival again. And they've started picking up more wins now. Uh, they are currently above Chef Wednesday on goal difference and a point behind Plymouth, but they're then they've played the same number of game results as well. Um, but yeah, I think this game I'd be happy if we drew to be honest, but it's also one of them like go for it, win, you know, we're riding a wave of reaching Wembley, let's go for it, yeah. And it's one of those weekends, Wigan play MK Dons. So if we can pick up a win, at least one of those is not picking up three points. We might draw, mm. which would be brilliant. Um, it's an opportunity. It's just a shame we're playing these. Uh, Stephen Adams questions. Lewis Wing to score? Uh, he scored twice. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's at Wickham now, isn't he? That's a change yeah. of scenery. Uh, oh, it suits him. Ball, ball's not in play long enough for him to run about, is it? So it suits him down to ground. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he scored twice against Crew. No, we know Crew are, are in, in bother, but he's still two goals. Get his confidence up. They haven't played midweek, so they get a rest. We've played on a Wednesday night because Sky made us. Um, <laughs> not ideal preparation. Well, uh, Steve Grundy mentions we need an early goal, so they have to come out. Yeah, ideally, that for me, they, they will probably take a point. I would have thought. Uh, yeah, they don't, do they need to win really? Do they really? I think they probably need to. With, with the games running out, nine games after nine games left after this this one, I think, or is it eight for them? I'm not sure. Eight after this one for them. Yeah, so they 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 really need to try and get some points on board to cement their place in playoffs. Um, so no nine after this one. Apologies. Yeah, hmm. I'm not convinced either way. Whatever it is, I'm not convinced that a draw is really much cop for them. To be honest with you, Cause it's very hmm. close down there, isn't it? So. You know, they're, they're is, yeah. win. You look at the table as Danny's mentioned. There are point, point, level on points with Pigs and one point behind Plymouth. Both Wednesday and Plymouth have games in hand, one game in hand each. Mm. So mm. they so need yeah. it, which might, which might, like you said, might keep the ball in play for forty minutes rather than thirty-five. But um, if they manage to score it, I mean, can you just imagine what it's yeah. going to be like if they score in first five minutes? Oh, it's just going to be horrific. It's just make, going to be absolutely make horrific. down. Don't don't put that thought in your heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, bit of uh, ref news. Lee Swaby, I think is how you pronounce it, is the referee. A last ref does away at Gillingham in 2019 with the with the crooks from miles out goal. Um, he has ref Wickham this season at Wickham, and they lost four one to Ipswich Town. So hopefully. Mm. We have the same sort of thing. As Danny mentioned, he, he awarded us a penalty at Gillingham, didn't he? He awarded Smith a penalty and he missed it. Yes, he did. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. You're right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about 
Sharp uh, as a tack, my memory. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that as well. No, you don't. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> as Danny mentions, their home form's average, which is a, in sharp contrast. When they went up last time, I, I think they were unbeaten. If they didn't, if they weren't unbeaten, they lost one or so game in that in that shortened season. Their home form was incredible. It's dropped off massively uh, this season. So we've got to try and take advantage of that. Uh, hopefully, um, let's talk about lineups. It's going to be a, who knows who's going to play in all positions. There's a couple of people we know are going to play. Vickers is going to play. Marlas is mm-hmm. probably going to play. Michael Smith's going to play. Chio's probably going to play. After that, it's a little bit unknown. You'd expect Woody, but you don't know because he's played midweek. Uh, Danny, give us a other than those four. What, what, where's your lineup looking? Um, I think Woody's going to play because he only played forty-five minutes uh, on a on a midweek. So it's like, yes, Woody can probably play. Um, maybe Icky because again, only forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, could potentially bring Harden in. I don't know what the situation is with him. It was suspended. Ah. yeah, right. So Harden will come in probably on the right hand side. Uh, like I say, yeah, Chio because. Even though he didn't play for long, he had a massive impact on the game. Uh, we'll probably start with Ferguson and maybe bring Miller on later on in the game just yeah. to hit him with that bit of pace because, like we say, playing Chio and Miller in the same half of football should be dubbed as illegal. Um, then probably Rath- Rathburn. I'd personally swap Wiles. Mm, no, Wiles probably have to play once because Lindsay's yeah. out with his shoulder. Yeah, so Wiles and Rathburn midfield. Um Smith, because, well, we have to. Um, <laughs> and this is where it gets a little bit sticky because Coyote's meant to be fit for the Wickham game, but would you play him from the start just in case he's not 100%? You know, would you play with someone slightly off him? You know, maybe uh, start Miller in that little channel behind Smith to start with and then swap him out and bring Coyote in later on, potentially. Um I'm going to go with KO to start, but I don't think he'll see out the game personally. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go for Wilesy to start, but ahead as, as the second striker mm. almost, like like he started with on Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry. Um, and then I think probably a Doffin. You know, there's not many midfielders left. You'd have to put a Doffin in really in that midfield. Other than that, I agree. Well, you bit Woody and Icky, you, you said Harden, didn't you? Yeah, Harden yeah. hard on the right, Icky on the left. Because I think. Uh, Icky is slightly better on the left than he is on the right, personally. No I mean, maybe, but... It would, it, he had his moments on Tuesday, on Wednesday, didn't he? Yeah, but then again, you can rectify that by saying, you know, in the training, the short training time we've got between mm. uh, Wednesday and now going down to Wickham, we could say, stop doing silly things. Yeah. <laughs> stop that doing... back pass was yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, though, one of his shots at goal, it, well, I say it were a shot, it was more of a punt into the box and see what happens. It only just dropped behind the crossbar. Mm, true. Only just, but... Yeah, Reg Red, is definitely a backup option, I think. Even Angus is as well. If Icky's struggling on left-hand side, bring Angus into it. And it's mm. it's a very stark parallel to only a few months ago when we were saying, oh, we've got a defender crisis, you know, why do we let Tilt go with that and other? Now we've more or less got the full contingent of the back players... Back, um, and now it's the strikers that are a bit iffy, but Kale should be okay. Kelly's back in about three or four weeks, I think. 
I think Freddie might just miss Wembley, which is a shame. Uh, but Freddie's there for the big run-in at the end of April, which could decide first or second, I think. So, Freddie could be back at a very crucial time, but he's just not back at the minute when we need him to score goals. But anyway, yeah. as long as we score more than the opposition, that's the important thing. Correct. Yeah, I expect <laughs> Georgia Kelly to be back probably for the Cup. Uh, come mm. to the Cup final. Um, Mick, any advances on those 11s? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I thought you thought my internet had frozen. Yeah, I'd be having Vickers in goal. I think the back three that started last night will be would start for me. Uh, I'd start Miller on the left. I'd start Arden on the right. The, the the proper midfield, the midfield, the best midfield in division in middle, the three of them. And I'd, I'd play Chio uh, probably just in behind Smithy. Mm. Um, I, I, JJ's just had some fluid drain from his knee. Um, we're on. Where are we on Thursday now? I don't know when that happened. I think it was Monday, weren't it? Monday or Tuesday this week that he's had, the, had yeah. that done. Whether he's going to be fit enough to start is is up for debate. I would argue. We know that Chio is. Um, uh, let's go for it. We need to go for it. So that that would be where I would go. I mean, for me, you know, that back three of, of Reg, Woody, and and, uh, and McDonald is a dream back three. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it is absolutely a mix of absolutely everything you need. Um, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of, in terms of pace, in terms of just ability, just downright ability in that defence. You know, and an ability to read games. So, yeah, that that'd be me, definitely, definitely. Keep it strong. Let's go for it. We need to get in Wickham's face, don't we? To try. We need to, we need to upset mm. Gareth. <laughs> Poor Gareth. We don't know. It might make him wash his hair. <laughs> I do. I mean, I won't bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> but for the longest time with I'm Gareth Ainsworth, <clears throat> I always described him as he looks like he should be in a rock band. And when I found out he was in a rock band, it's like, ow. I was just like, wow. <laughs> Stick yeah. hand on the table. Ow. That's another injury. I'm injured. It looks like a man who keeps telling his, his girlfriend that he still believes his band's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> it just does. It's just a leather jacket and them shoes and the hair and. Whatever. He is a very good football manager, though. To give him his due, he is a very good football manager. He, he, he knows his tactic and he sticks to it and he does it very effectively. I think One he's pragmatic. Pony, mate. I, mm. I, I, I don't think he is. I think he's pragmatic. If they if they had a budget, it could do something different. With the budget that Wickham yeah, have, they don't really have an option. To bring Lewis Wing in for them is a brilliant signing because that's a step up in class to what they have. It must be because he's Hang on a minute. Builder. Hang on a minute. They're owned by a, a rich American owner who Richish. wants to do this, he wants to do that, he wants to do the other. They're, are you telling me that their budget is, is, is lower than ours? Are you telling me that their wage budget is lower than... Well, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, there is no excuse then, is there? Okay. There is no excuse, you know? It, it is, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not buying it. I, I want to sit here and be balanced and nice and... You know, and say, you know, no, I do, I do, I, I desperately do, but I can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> the, the evidence of the last two or three years of doing this, do not yeah. back your statement up. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, what, what's going off up here is be balanced, be nice, don't don't be nasty to people, but then then people make it so easy, don't they? It's like I'm for the next season, if, when we get promoted and Everton and Leeds get relegated, and you start oh, racking nice. two of them fan bases. Ah, it's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely great. 
Yeah. Opposition fans don't <laughs> seem rattled too much by this season. Yeah, oh, I know, but we're, we're League One, aren't we? And, and people down, people did supporters in this division are realistic, they're pragmatic, they, they're not, they don't have delusions of grandeur, with the exception of the odd one or two fan bases who seem to buy it every time somebody says something, don't they? So at least three, you know what I mean? Do. Well, yeah, exactly. Sutherland, Wednesday. Maybe Portsmouth occasionally. Portsmouth, yeah. You've hit the nail on the head there, haven't you? All those clubs are massive. They're all huge. So, But clubs like us, you know, we just get on with it. We'll laugh at each other. We'll laugh with each other. We just have a, we have a, we have a, we have a crack, don't we? You know? And, you know, they can't take it, some of these big boys. So it's going to be good fun. Never forget Rattling Wednesday fans just by pointing out our recent form compared to theirs. It's yeah. like, lads, it wasn't a dig, but you've took it as one. What's up with you? <laughs> yes, but you've lost a game when we haven't. Yeah, but they've got more fans, mate. They've got more fans, so that's that. So I don't know why you're arguing. Yeah, is that why they're eighth in table, mate? Don't matter. Don't matter. That'll count. That's not really, that's not important. More fans. Bigger ground. No grass. But they can't feel. Uh, we need predictions. Hang on, I've um, Hang on. Is Donna still doing the sign uh, for the winner if we get it bang on? Uh, she did on the last one. She let him, she let him, she let him answer. She'll give us a street sign. I've lost my predictions from last time. Hang on. I said 1 1, so I definitely got it wrong. Did you two get it right? No, I said it was going to be 4 1. <laughs> I don't think any of us predicted we'd lose 2 1, did we? Are we talking about McDonald's or are we talking about Hartlepool? Oh god, I said two two, yeah, definitely. No, you said you said you were gone. You were you oh, didn't, that's right. I, predictions. <laughs> no, I, I, I did I did say two two before I went. Yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, yeah, Danny went four one, I went one one. I said one one on penalty, so I wasn't the idea. Uh Will said two one and Dilla went three nil. So no, no, I'd have gone for three nil, if I'm honest. Right, Wickham, so yeah, Danny. What do we reckon? Um, one nil to us. Um, I will say. No, do we be bold or do we go? Um, do we go standard? Um, yes, I do. I'll go bar last the sixty eighth minute. We don't have to give minutes and scores anymore. Oh no, I want my street sign. I'm saying bar last the sixty eighth minute. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go two nil. I'll go. Gotta go Smith. So I'll go fifty second. Mick, I think it's gonna be tight. I've I've gone big every time recently, and 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 I've been blown out every time. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and trick the the gods of um, of fate and tell them that I'm mean, gonna be tight one nil. Um, Towards what? To us, yeah, uh, obviously. Because, uh, yeah, um, I don't know who's going to score Barlasser. Um, late in game. Late. Yeah, oh, do we need a, do you need a minute? 84th uh, minute. Right, thank you. Whatever. You you strike me as it's an interesting comment you said of the footballing gods. You're the least superstitious man I've ever met. Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, just couldn't think of what else to say. I'm beginning to lose the will to live now. <laughs> well, ready it's because we keep talking about Wickham and every time we talk about Wickham I start to feel myself falling asleep fair enough 
Um, Steve Grundy says 2-1. Same as Hammer Kellick. Steve Cooper says 2-0. Sharon Stone says 2-1. 1-0 from Cal Briggs. And S64 Miller says 2-1 as well. Um, yes, thank you all very much. Danny, do you want to give a shout-out for your work for the Red Gloves for the Robin Hospice? Yes. Um, I've partnered with uh, John Brecken and the club um, in doing the Raise Your Hands for the Hospice thing. Um, basically, there's going to be red gloves for sale on the away coaches and at the Lincoln game and on the day of the Shrewsbury game. Uh, we're hoping to sell, I think, 6,000 red gloves for everyone to wear at the Shrewsbury game. Then we'll do the whole thing of everyone's got red gloves on. We, uh, and we've raised a lot of money for the hospice so far. Um, I myself raised 66 quid on the bus down uh, up to Hartlepool. So thank you to everybody who's uh, donated so far. And uh, for the people who are still waiting for their bulk order, I will get it to you the next time I get a restock because they have all gone now. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if you even if you don't want a pair of red gloves, any donation to the hospice is welcome. Um, and yeah, it was on our sleeves for the Hartlepool game as well. So thank mm. you to the uh, the sponsor who's come in and just done that for us, not their own branding. They've just gone, put the hospice on it. So thank you very much to them for doing that. And yeah, get your red gloves from anybody who's selling them because... Raise your hand for the hospice. It's a great cause. I love the name, by the way. Cracking name. And it also gives me the opportunity to go for a pint with John Brecken. So I'm happy as Larry, mate. <laughs> Lucky boy. <laughs> Getting easier about coming up podcast. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Um, and keep an eye out on our social because towards the end of the month, we, we are talking about, we've, we've, as people will know, we've, we're trying to raise money for the Ukraine Red Cross. Uh, towards the end of the month, we're looking at doing a 12-hour podcast, a full day's podcast. Ish, 12-hour-ish. Are... No, it'd be 12 hours. Um, and we're currently working on getting some players to come come on with us. We've got some soft yeses from some former players, some legends of, of the club. Uh, and working on getting a few more of those. Keep an eye out for that. That'll depend on one thing or another, but that'll be towards the end of the month. So keep an eye on our socials. Um, if you have enjoyed this get enjoyed this thing what is it podcast podcast there you go uh, <laughs> please do subscribe on youtube channel give us a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already if you are doing the audio please subscribe on itunes we are regularly getting to the top 150 of all of sports podcasts in the uk on a regular basis now so loads you're clearly listening uh, so thank you very much uh, make sure you subscribe and go to the five star rating if you can on itunes and if it allows you on spotify sometimes it does something doesn't Try if you can. We will be back on Sunday evening, which will be a look back at Wickham game for the X amount of time the ball's in play. Look ahead to another Tuesday night game, <laughs> which is Lincoln City at home. Uh, if you haven't already, which I haven't yet, go and watch Danny's match day vlog from the Hartlepool game. I'll be watching that as soon as we've finished here. Um, because I want to relive that night. Go to Wembley. We're going to Wembley, everybody. And give yeah. a, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we'll be able to do some special episodes for Wembley or not. It's a conversation we need to have between ourselves. See what we want, see what more we can do for Wembley, but keep an eye out for all sort of nonsense. Um, Mick, it was a pleasure to spend last night watching the game with you, and I'll do it again on, on Saturday, probably. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we will, and Tuesday, and then so on, and on it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, thank Smash you. Up. Mixed up my circle of friends. Uh, Danny, it's a pleasure to have you with us. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Always fun to waffle about football for. An hour and 14 minutes. We're going to Wembley, everybody. We're going to Wembley. Right. See you next time. Bye.
ambitious, but brilliant. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.